honor to have him on here. And if you haven't heard part one, I really encourage you to go back and check that out because uh, kind of laid the foundation for what we're going to talk about next. And we'll get started right after this. Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the kingdom age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. All right, we are back with Timothy Bentz on part two. And uh, at the end of part one, Timothy, we talked about looking at the gates, the regions, the cities, and God showing up as king. So what does that mean to you? How have you seen him show up, and, and what's the significance of that? Well, you know, my background as a, as a minister is back in, I've known Jesus since I was a very young child, but I started preaching when I was 15, and I remember doing a, a seminar on the book of Revelation when I was in the summer after seventh grade, before I went into eighth grade. And it was targeted towards adults. Uh, I thought at the time it was one of the best ministries that I'd ever put on tape. Hmm. Um, at the end of the last night for that, Jesus told me to put those tapes away and never take them back out again. <laughs> wow. And he, first of all, he told me that I did a good job, but he, he wasn't too happy with the outcome, but he still thought I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> He always like commends you at the same time he corrects you. But he said to me, the problem isn't what you were trying to teach or that you wanted to. The problem is you're you're speaking about the revelation of me. Yeah. And you taught it as a prophecy book instead of a revelation book. Mm -hmm. I, said, well, I thought that's what it was. I thought it was all about future events that are going to happen. And he said, no, it's about me. It does have prophecy in it, but it's the revelation of me. Yeah. So he said, I want you to read it again and again and again until you see what I look like as a king. Mm. Wow. And I realized that, you know, every picture we have of Jesus growing up for most of us has been a nice suffering savior that's holding a lamb or someone on the cross that died for us. And those are all wonderful and relevant, but they're post-resurrection. So, um, yeah when he's resurrected he transforms into some phenomenal um <clears throat> that we can't comprehend very well unless we have a face-to-face -face with them like he looks now and so i realized when i went back and began looking at the book of revelation that i really probably would have been scared at the time if i had seen jesus with his garments dipped in blood and the sword mm -hmm. of fire coming out of his mouth and riding a white horse and and, you know, a whole host of angels that are um, so holy, they're hiding their face from him as he passes by. Wow. And you just yeah. look at the, yeah. you know, even John, who saw that vision, before he writes, he's like, I'm undone. He fell down like a dead man. He had to, he had to be touched by the Lord to just get his breath back. Wow. And yeah. I realized that we really have, fallen short in our understanding what he looks like as a king. And then I went back to Matthew 27. And of course, you can kind of see this in each of the Gospels. But I was amazed when 
he's in the cross or he's he's been to the cross he's died he's gone into the tomb and the women go wanting to just grieve over the the cemetery and when he comes out of the tomb and the people that were closest to him, I mean, his own mother, Mary Magdalene, Peter and James, you know, the ones who saw him first, they didn't know who he was. Yeah. And it had just been three days. And I was like, what changed? What was so, and, and he makes a statement even to Mary Magdalene. He's like, you know, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father. And yet he still looks so different. He had put on the power of resurrection. Yeah. And in essence, he put on his kingship and it, it didn't just heal his physical body. It transformed him into what he was before he came down to the earth. That's and interesting. so he's, he left his glory. He chose to come down and die for us, but he now, because he paid the price and won the day and did everything the way father required, he now put his glory back on. And it was so phenomenal. No one that knew him very, very well recognized him until they heard his voice. You know, and I, I don't know if you've um, had much dealings with uh, perfected self or resurrected self, but that that is interesting because what you're saying is, is, you know, looks different than who we would look like now. And most people that I've, uh, that I've talked to or we've taken through the process of encountering their perfected self, see somebody quite different than who oh, they yeah. are now. That's well, interesting. I think everybody needs to go through that to just get a vision of who they really are. Yes. And, uh, you know, when God looks at you, that's what he's seeing. Yes. It's just what we see when we look in the mirror. But I, I was more interested at that season just to say, Jesus, I, I've had so many encounters with you and I've had so many, um, you know, wonderful, amazing things I could testify about, but I don't think I know you as a king. Wow. Yeah. And hmm. so I just, I asked for that. I said, I, I whatever that is, I, and I, the answer was quite astounding. He didn't say he would not do that. He just said, you have to know me in the fellowship of my sufferings, and then you have the right to know me in the power of my resurrection. That's good. And so when I when I said yes to that one, it's like, well, I don't really know what that means. It doesn't sound too good, but I know the the goal is good. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the promise. Let's go for it. And yeah. uh, he said, it's not the kind of sufferings that you might think, but you're going to have to engage in the things that break my heart. And you're going to have to put on uh, enough of me that you laugh when I laugh and you weep when I weep. And then you're going to see the whole world differently and you're going to see my people differently. And, and I found that I was really out of touch with how I judged things around me. First of all, I didn't try to judge, but I was always, I, I just, I might call something that looked good outwardly good. And it was really something Jesus wasn't happy with. And then I would meet somebody that looked like they were just a total mess. And Jesus would just be giddy. Like, I just love them so much. Can you just see all the wonderful things that I see in them? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was just warping my thinking constantly. Now it's not like I was, I'm not saying that everybody needs to have that, but it's like I had to have a complete change of perception 
<coughs> of others. And also then, as I was pursuing him for king, I kept looking at this scripture. First of all, you know, uh, we're talking about a lot. I mean, a lot of the guys in the mystical movement are talking about these kinds of things. I, I, I don't know that I agree with every single thing, and I'm sure not everybody agrees with me. But I love the dialogue because yes. we're we're stretching one yes. another. We're saying, hey, I had an encounter with God. I need to understand it. And yeah. But the, the amazing thing to me is looking at Scripture and when Jesus showed up as a king, first of all, he just popped through the walls. You know, now he he came into a, a locked room where they were scared to go out because they thought they were going to die too. And he introduces himself again. They did not know who he was until they heard his voice. But the thing that's amazing is he then moved them into being his body and being fully functional in his kingship so that everything they prayed in the gates of their city started transforming the nation. Yeah. The whole word Ecclesia is a fascinating thing to me, how we've made this, you know, in the shutdown of church, you know, which is a good thing if you understand God's orchestrating it because oh, yeah. he yeah. loves the house of God. He's not mad at us. He's just helping us out in ways we didn't know it. Right, right, and moving us forward. As we know it, yeah. There's also been this shift from the word church to the word ecclesia. And they are actually not the same word in Scripture. They, there's, the, the, both words are used in Scripture, I, I believe. Uh, if somebody proves me wrong on that, I won't mind being corrected. But the word church in its pure form means an, a gathering of people. And I could be a gathering at the golf course and not even be saved and meet the, the pure Greek definition of church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you look at putting Jesus's name on it, it takes on much more meaning for us. So we we consider it holy because of that. But when you look at the word Ecclesia, if I'm understanding it correctly, it is not an Ecclesia unless we assemble, not gather. That means every joint goes into the place that he created it for and respects one another and gives honor to the other joints. And then what makes it the Ecclesia is when the king steps into our midst and sits down in the assembly with us. It's not an Ecclesia if we don't have the presence. That's interesting um, because, uh, and just my, my, what we teach on the Ecclesia is, you know, Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my Ecclesia, his church. And, um, you know, I can see the disciples kind of taking a double take. It's like, wait a minute, aren't we going to build a synagogue? Aren't we going to build, a, you know, a, a house of worship of some sort? And But he wasn't. He was building his kingdom, which meant right. he needed, you know, a government authority on the earth. And wherever two or three are gathered, he is in the midst of them. And so that would make sense what you're saying, that, um, you know, it's not, an, it's not a kingdom ecclesia until he's gathered in the midst, I didn't understand it really well until I went to London a while back and I got invited to come to Parliament on their first day of assembly. Um, I, the guy that opened that door for me had a lot of favor, uh, even with the royalty and stuff. And so I ended up getting to sit as a guest in the balcony of the Parliament. And I watched all of the new members and the the, the elected officials, they're just milling around the floor and talking to each other. And then 
a guy stands up and he bangs a scepter on the floor, look like a big rod. He hmm. he's the bailiff or whatever. He calls everybody to to attention and everybody rushes to their seat. They stand in front of their spot in the assembly. And then the queen came in and her entourage comes in one by one. They're announced. And then she comes in and takes her throne, sits in the highest place. When she picks up her scepter, then the bailiff guy bangs his thing again. And he calls the whole ecclesia into session. He didn't call it ecclesia. He called it the parliament, but he Mm -hmm. called it into session. And I asked him later when I got to dialogue with him, he said, I'm not allowed to do that ever unless the queen is present or she sends her representative to, to declare that her interests are already in motion. And then we can still govern because she's already given us something to consider. But no queen, no session. Yeah. And I saw that. I went. I walked out. I was like, Jesus, that's in. The, that's a natural government, and they probably understand the design of your house better than we do. <laughs> so I just pondered that and pondered that and prayed that. But but then the other part of that is Jesus kept saying, even if you get the presence right, if you fall short of understanding what I look like, act like, and am like as a king you're still not going to end up doing the things that I'm doing or saying the things that I'm saying. And it, it is the holiness and the awe and the majesty and the honor that comes to him when we yeah. finally have our eyes open, we see him as a king. Yeah. And, and I wonder, you know, uh, I'd have to go back and look at the scripture a little more closely, but, you know, where it says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, that he would be in the midst of them. And that you basically have an ecclesia at that point. Yeah, I, I need to. I, I need to go back and look at that. Well, is is in my name. It doesn't mean representing his name. It means I'm in his presence. Yeah. So yeah. If two or three gather together in my presence, then I'm in the midst of them. Yeah. That's the way it should be read. And again, we've got the king in our midst if we are honoring him and adoring him as king. Right. What well, I found is that often, if we ask something less of him. He may give us a, a, a downgraded vision of himself just because it's all we understand, all we're working with, but he's going to gently lead us to where he wants us. You know? And so I, I think we've been, uh, to excuse the term, I don't mean to offend anybody, but I think we've dumbed down the house of God most of our lifetime, and not intentionally. Um, but once you have a revelation of the king, then you start realizing he's actually up to a whole lot more than we understand. Oh, yeah. And I'm even thinking that it's it's so vital and important for us to begin to understand who we are. Because if we understand who we are, all of a sudden it, it changes our relationship with him and to him as king. Because, again, our perfected self looks a lot like him, you could say. And we have power and authority in our perfected self that we don't we don't understand but once we begin to understand it it's it's even like the you know you can't really have intimacy with someone unless you understand them as a, an equal right and we are co-heirs with Christ and a lot of people just don't get that they don't understand it they don't understand the fullness of that relationship which is really powerful i'm fascinated that the more the body of Christ discovers that they can 
go up into the heavens and and see and hear and taste and see that he's good and be invited to come and sit in their spot the more they're going to see him in the way that he wants to be seen and then you're just transformed from that day forward you oh can't, yeah you can't get his kingship out of your your oh, heart yeah. that's all you think about yeah um you know the other things we were talking about weather in the in the previous thing and what i started realizing is that very often when adverse weather is going on it's actually the movements of the king mm -hmm. on a large scale over a territory <clears throat> fixing things we don't know that are kingdom requirements you know and i started looking at iniquity from his kingship that he can't he turns away from iniquity but when he passes over an area to fix those kinds of things he's exposing and shining a light on stuff that we didn't know we needed to fix and so if we do that if we understand that correctly then when we when we have a spot that gets hit hard we're not supposed to just rally around with aid and help and and fixing it and rebuilding like 9-11 for instance we're not supposed to immediately go to rebuilding we're supposed to go sit in the rubble and inquire of the king why did this happen that's good that's and good. then when he gives us some instructions on some things that we couldn't see until the rubble hit now we know what to fix we repent we restore uh, we heal and we lift that iniquity off the ground and then he gives us power to rebuild and we actually are now building the waste places restoring the cities that have been long fallen down and we're fulfilling scripture that pattern is going on all over the world right now yeah and he's stepping up the pace of it yeah and we've got to get up to speed on what he's up oh, to come on yeah well we're going to take a break and when we come back uh, maybe we should talk about how do we get up to speed because that's an important thing for the ecclesia i think to know and to engage in right now so we'll be back right after this join the kingdom restoration age conference in november to practice stepping into the heavens with recognized leaders of the movement as we come into this next age and we see god's kingdom manifest on the earth the speakers for this conference are off the charts. Who are bringing what they feel is the most important thing for you to understand as we're stepping into this next age. It's gonna be different than anything you've seen before with much interaction, activation, and preparing you for what is ahead. So many different people from so many different backgrounds. Coming together to share one united voice. So relevant for the time we live in. It's gonna be interactive. The information that you guys are gonna get and that these speakers are bringing are important to them and then walk you through processes that will help you engage and actually do the things that they're talking about. In brand new ways and bigger ways in very complete and whole ways. This interactive online experience will give you actionable steps that you'll begin taking from day one of this multi-day practicum. Join us at the, the Kingdom Restoration Age online conference as we learn together how to bring the kingdom into the earth. Don't miss out. All right, I'm back with Timothy. And just before we ended, Timothy, uh, we were just, just starting to look at what does a group, you know, what, what can a group do? I mean, uh, how, how should the ecclesia be engaging right now for their region? What, what would be some of the things you would suggest? One thing to start with when we're inquiring, Lord, is, is an understanding of who founded your city. 
Mm. If you're looking at a region or a city as a place to start, um, the first question is, I need to know my boundaries. And I'm very fruitful if I stay within the boundaries that God has set for my life. Um, he might stretch me out once in a while and let me get away with it, but the lines have fallen to all of us in pleasant places. So when I start looking at a city, for instance, I have to know I'm assigned there. This is this is a stewardship that he's given to me. Now, when I'm asking him, what are you going to do to transform this city and save every man, woman, and child and establish your kingdom here? Whatever we allow in our heart, God has allowed in the city. Permission, so the yeah, first, agreement. The first thing that I've done is learn that I have to see the city from a personal perspective, that I have to take some responsibility for the ills of the place. Right. And yeah. I can brag about how wonderful it is, too, but I have to understand if it's got some problems, I have to be careful not to blame that on the wicked and at least inquire of the Lord, uh, did, did I open the door for that or did someone righteous open the door for that? And when I started repenting for those kinds of things, it, it changed my focus. The other thing is uh, a principle that whenever God births something, even if it doesn't, even if the people that birthed it didn't know him, if he had purpose in it, then he would be mysteriously leading them for his purposes, even if they don't know he's doing that. That's, that's how he can sometimes turn the heart of the king any way he wants. And so if you discover a little bit of info about who birthed your city, the kinds of people that birthed the city are the same kinds of people that he will need and bring to his house when he's going to transform the city. One of the mistakes that I made in Oklahoma was thinking that we had to get all the pastors together in order to transform the city. Yeah. And it's a good thing. I do think we need them. So I don't yeah. want to in any way say that I, you know, they're not important. They're, they're very important. But the city, when it was birthed, was started by a couple of railroad guys, a couple of business guys, um, a couple of government officials, uh, an act of Congress, hmm. you know, and um, there were no ministers present in the planning and birthing of this city. Now, eight hmm. days later, there was seven ministers that rose up in both churches. So they're very important, and we need them for transformation. But when we were starting to pray for the city with the king, he said, I want the ministers to be involved, but I want you to go get these other ones first, because when they come and pray with me, I'll begin to restore what's fallen down. So what the, I think this is why we have to have a kingdom perspective is yeah. if I'm building a church, it's a religious organization. If I'm building a kingdom, it needs commerce, it needs governing, it needs structure, it needs boundaries, it needs protection. And so the the eye-opening thing for me was looking at King David as his first act of king when he finally gets into Jerusalem. He ordains 38,000 people in Chronicles for the tabernacle of David. And the kinds mm -hmm. of people he ordains are to this day, we don't, we don't pay attention to them that much. I mean, he's got gatekeepers, 4,000 of those. What do they do? Now, we need to know that. He's got singers and instrument players and musicians, 
and we do we do kind of pay attention to that one, but we don't always ordain them the same way we do a pastor. Um, wow. He's got city officials and judges listed in there. <laughs> I thought, how do we ordain city officials and judges for the kingdom of God if they're wicked? I mean, that was one of the questions I asked Lord. Well, what do I do if a guy doesn't want to serve you, and, and yet he's already got that job? <laughs> and, uh, my first um, look at trying to live out that passage, uh, I found a policeman who didn't want to get saved. And his best friend was a pastor that I knew, and, and he wanted him to get saved. And, and I asked him if he felt like he was a watcher on the wall as a policeman. That, you know, if we had a wall guarding the city, would he be walk, walking on the wall? And he gave me one of the best quotes of what a policeman actually does to go out and patrol and watch and serve. And he agreed with the scripture, even though he didn't want to get saved and said that. He said, I agree that that's probably what I'm doing whatever that was way back there in the, in the old. So I asked him, I said, well, seems like a good idea if you had God watching your back to do what you're doing. And if we could make you a better police officer, would that help? He's like, well, sure. So I've got some oil. I'd like to pour it on your head and pray for you just to have an anointing to do what you're called to do and created to do. He goes, do I have to get saved? And I said, well, I hope you do. But you're already a police officer, so I, I think it would be wrong of us to not pray this blessing on you. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm willing to give it to you. <laughs> and if it, you know, if it's a benefit, then great. If it doesn't change anything, you won't be too worried. <laughs> we prayed for him. Uh, he let us pray for him. Um, that that night, he got into a very dangerous situation hmm. and um, heard an audible voice to get back in his car and call for backup. It's the first time he'd ever had anything like that happen. He thought he went crazy. And when he asked, like he got back in his car and he said, who's talking to me? He thought he was going nuts. He, he, he hears, I'm Jesus and I got your back. And so he then got saved uh, and made the arrest. But later when we looked at this, we realized that that started with just inquiring of the Lord, like, how do we fix a broken city? And what do we do with somebody that's already in a job that's listed in scripture, but they're not, they're not doing it righteously yet. Um, one of the things that I've looked at is if we bring the king into town and we really worship him well as a king and his presence increases, then he saves everyone for the things that he's created them to do because he's building his kingdom. And so I realized that in, in my my youth, we did evangelism as, a, as an act of going and speaking the good news instead of as a partnership with the presence. Yeah, yeah. And now the more I get into the presence of the king, the more I see the fruit from it. That's so good. That's so good. Well, Timothy, we're about out of time and uh, would love for people to know how to reach out to you. Um, do you have a website, an email, or something that you'd be yeah, willing to give out to people? You can reach me people? at jubileecovenant.net. Uh, org is the main one now. I'm, I'm redoing a few things at the moment, but you can find some stuff streaming there right now. Okay. I've also got a YouTube page under just Timothy Benz, so you can find me. Some of the YouTubes, uh, I don't have a huge amount on there, but but the stuff that I have streaming on YouTube, you can watch it for free. 
Um, and then I've got an email. It's I-A-M-T-I-M-O-T-H-Y at sbcglobal.net if you want to just send me a message. That's great. Well, again, Timothy, absolutely an honor to have you on and love your spirit. I, I remember last time I, I just loved the humility that comes through you. And I think that's a great characteristic of uh, the father that is in you. So thank you for being on here. And I just want to bless you and, and pray everyone else would bless you as well as, as a father in, in what uh, he in what father has you doing you are a father in that work and I appreciate that very much well it's a great honor to be here with you Gil all right well thank you uh, we'll, we'll probably do uh, a little bit of uh, behind the scenes next so if you're watching and you'd like to see that uh, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com go to the partnership section and under there you'll find a behind the scenes section and that's where you can partner with us help support the ministry and uh, get the word out and get all the behind the scenes uh, shows that uh, are not public so thank you again Timothy such a blessing to have you on thank you to our listeners we'll see you all next time take care bye 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 thank you for taking time out to listen to kingdom talks you can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life Keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.